Today we look at Hebrews 11, the great chapter on living by faith. In verse 1, we find a definition of faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And so according to these words, faith is a rock. There is a foundation, which is the word of God. It's not a rocket, spurts of emotion. It is a risk, not reason, because human reason rejects faith. It is reality because God is real and his word is unsearchable and real. And so there is a definition. In verse 6, we come to the demand of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so even though you have all other religious religia, there must be faith. Faith is central. Faith is the rock on which we stand. Faith is the ability to believe that God is, even though I cannot see him, and that God is at work in my life and will fulfill his purpose because I trust him and obey him day by day. But you know, our makeup, our human nature resists faith. Our logical, material, scientific world denies the reality of faith. But even though we cannot understand faith, we can benefit from it day by day. A newspaperman once asked Thomas Edison, Mr. Edison, what is electricity? I do not know, Edison answered. I only understand some of the things it will do. I simply take it on faith and go on working. And so it's true of this matter of biblical faith. Even though we cannot understand all about it, yet we can experience the benefits and the hope that it gives. As we look at the scriptures, we find that there is a roll call or demonstrations of faith. Verse four, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. 
As the writer under divine inspiration unfolds the meaning of faith, we find that he does not present mere theory or a lofty theological definition, but he relates practical day-by-day stories of how faith worked in the lives of people to give them hope and victory. As you look at this roll call of faith and the faithful, you will be impressed that both young and old are there. All of these are just plain, simple, ordinary folk who, when they got their backs against the wall, couldn't do anything but to look to God. In the Bible's West Ministry of Faith, you will find a preacher, a builder, a shepherd, a housewife, a mother, a prostitute, broken-hearted people. It's significant that God included in this roll call all kinds of people so that none of us would feel left out. As you study them, you will discover that there was a bunch of nobodies, just plain, ordinary folks who were struggling with temptations and carrying burdens. Folks just like you and me. And so as we look at these role models, faith did not shrink in the lives of these men and women of faith, but they lived confidently through the crisis and the hardships of life. And we too can be encouraged to live according to this principle. It will cause us whatever difficulty we find ourselves to find victory in Jesus Christ. And so the first example is that of Abel. Abel who offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. God had revealed to Adam and his descendants the way of true worship. In obedience, Abel was carrying this out, but his brother Cain, who was religious but not righteous, in disobedience tried to approach God humanly in another way. The first element of real faith is that you must learn to worship God in the right way. That you come to him, not with the merits of your own goodness and achievement, but acceptance of his saving grace. Worship must always be a trust in what God has and will do, and not in what I have done or can accomplish. Without faith, 
worship will not bring the reality of God, but become dull and monotonous. In verses 5 and 6, we find a statement about Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And so here is faith walking. Faith causes one not only to worship God, but to walk day by day in fellowship with our Heavenly Father. And the key is that there is that fellowship mentioned here is that Enoch did not that which pleased God. By faith, you're to walk day by day with God by obeying the things that God has said. It's interesting to note that Enoch did not really begin working with, walking with God until Methuselah, his son, was born. Oftentimes, parents and grandparents come to a turning point in their lives when children are born and they, ref and they face the responsibilities of parenthood. Concerning Enoch being taken up so that he would not see, see death, the Bible student once commented on Enoch walking so far with God, and that at the end of the day, God said, friend, you're closer to my home than yours. Come on home with me. In the translation of Enoch, we have a picture of the rapture of the church when Jesus Christ returns. And then in verse 7, we come to Noah, faith working. By faith, Noah, when warned about things yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. This is another beautiful illustration of an aspect of faith. Noah, we're told, was warned by God. His heart was moved with fear. His will acted on what God told him. Up until that time, there'd never been a flood. In fact, there had never been a rainstorm. When God spoke to Noah, he didn't sit down passively, but he cooperated with God. Faith influences the whole family. And they that were saved 
joined together in response to what God says. In verses 8 through 22, we come to the faith of Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. The nation of Israel began with God's call to Abraham. The Lord told them that they would have a child whom God would establish a nation. This couple had to wait 25 years for the fulfillment of that promise. Finally, when they were old and past childbearing years, God miraculously gave them Isaac. In verses 8 through 10, we find Abraham did not know where he was going, but he obeyed. In verses 11 and 12, he did know that God's will would be accomplished, but he obeyed. In verses 13 through 16, he did not know how God would fulfill his promise, but he obeyed. In verses 17 through 19, he did not know why God was working in the way that he did, but still he obeyed. And because he obeyed in faith, God established a nation through whom he would work. And then we find the son, Isaac, became the heir of his father's great life and faith in God. As we mentioned the faith of Isaac, of Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, as we studied the four generations of faith, we find that these men sometimes failed miserably. Nevertheless, they were men of strong faith, and God bears witness of their obedience today. Waiting is one of the most difficult disciplines in the life of faith. As time passes, life becomes more complex. Circumstances test us. The devil tempts us. We still need to walk by faith. The poet said, trust him when the days are dark and they assail thee. Trust him that faith is as small. Trust him when to simply trust him is the hardest thing 
of all. Faith waits for God to work and to fulfill his promise in our lives. And so we must, by faith, wait and accept God's providence and work in our lives. In verses 23 through 29, we come to the story of Moses. Here is faith warring. Moses had godly parents, and he inherited from them a great faith. A home must always be the first school of faith for a child. As Moses goes through the struggles of life, we find three statements in the passage. One, the refusal of faith verses 24 through 25. As the adopted son of the Egyptian princess, Moses could have led an easy life, a life of sin, a life of prestige and power. But faith moved him to refuse that kind of life. Two, we find the reproach of faith. Moses suffered for his faith. He bore the reproach. Men of faith will always be in conflict with the world and frequently the object of their criticism and condemnation. Three, the reward of faith in verses 26 through 29. God always rewards true faith, my friend. If not immediately, ultimately you can be sure it will come. Over against the treasures of Egypt, Moses saw the recompense of reward, which was deliverance for him and his people. And then we find in this roll call of faith, other heroes faith winning. There is Joshua, Moses' successor, who through faith defied the fact that the impregnable Jer Jericho could not be conquered. Rahab, the harlot by faith, was saved by grace despite her adultery and impure life. She believed God and God honored it. Rahab's faith is a rebuke to those of you who hesitate to accept Christ because you're afraid you're not good enough and will not be accepted. And then in verse 35, we find the mention of others. It's not possible for us to examine each of these. But in the overview of them, we find that some of them were delivered and experienced tremendous, victorious faith, and yet others of them were given only courage to go through trial. 
And so as we continue to read this roll call of faith, we're told that women receive back their dead, raise life again. But others were tortured. And so faith does not always mean victory in this life. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they may gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were put to death by the sword. And on and on goes the scripture telling us that faith does not always mean immediate victory in this life. In fact, there is suffering, there are hardships, there is death. But even so, there is no miraculous deliverance from trial. Yet God will, by faith, see us to heaven and give us the life that he promises. No matter who you are or what situation you may find yourself or even how weak your faith may be, Faith is the victory. In the slums of a great metropolitan area, two little boys were left to care for each other. One child became sick and died. As the brother talked to the pastor, he told him that he was sure that his little brother would go to heaven. The pastor asked, how do you know that he will go to heaven? Because he had faith, said the little fellow. How do you know he had faith in Jesus? I told him just to pray to him. And on his fingers say the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And so the brother repeated, when I went back to get him a drink of water and came back, he had died, but he was holding his little finger. The Lord is my shepherd. Regardless of who you are and how weak is your faith, God will honor your conviction of things hoped for. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. I thank you in my own life that as a 16-year-old boy, you spoke to me and gave me the ability to put my trust in the Lord Jesus. And thank you for the day that you called me to the ministry. 
And Lord, how glorious are the years, 70 years of ministry in seeing people saved, crusades, churches established, lives changed. And God, I pray now for others who may be struggling. Help them at this moment to yield themselves to the pricking presence of the Holy Spirit and give their lives to Jesus. In his name I pray, amen. And my friend today, if you will by faith accept the Lord Jesus, we hope that we will hear from you so that we can send you materials that will help you in this new life. Amen. God bless.